Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. It is. I'm also going to start off by saying that you didn't call me a top tier guest, and I feel some type oh. of way about it. Hey, listen. So I'm going to say, Stop. hey, y'all, this is Shell. <laughs> I'm a top tier guest. She is a top. I'm, uh. I'm pretty positive. I'm pretty positive the person who uh, gave my name is for sure top tier guest if I'm thinking about it right. And so, <laughs> bro, you are a top tier guest, and you know what's crazy? I'm glad you said that because I'm like, that shows like you really watched and just really paid attention. And I was, I'm. I just Everybody, it's your boy Armand back again with another episode of Big Boss Talk the podcast. Listen, I got a, a guest, it feels like family almost. I, I mean, I'm going through the whole line the USC, the, the IOTA Kai, like, I'm going through that whole train of you know women so it's just like it just feels like family i feel like i'm at home just talking to another sister uh from another mother and this guest is gonna be it's i'm just super glad that you're able to get on the show because i really want to just talk to you and figure out you know just your journey just understand where you come from understand where you are now and, and then hopefully we get an idea of like where you're heading um in the future but let me read off who i got right so i got shelkasia lessington Age oh, you said that right. You said that good. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I was prepping, and I was like, I'm going to get this right. So, yeah. Age 34, uh, career slash job, community engagement specialist at the Epilepsy Foundation. College slash degree, she has biology from USC Columbia and a master's of public health from George Washington University in Washington, D.C., Years in the profession is eight years. Now, she also has a few baby businesses that she's working on the side. She's an executive director slash founder of the Choose True Project. Also, she's an owner and CEO of Made to Win Cleaning Services. So she's doing a lot wearing multiple hats. But, Shell, say what's up to the podcast. (laughs) Hey, everybody. I'm... I'm literally so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I think what you're doing is dope. I think you really have to have a passion to do this. And I like see all the people that you bring on and, you know, you have to want to have to do this and you are like doing this. You're bringing on all these different stories. People are telling you like where they came from, where they're going. So I'm excited to be here because I'm a big boss. Yeah. So I feel like this is perfect. That's it. You're a boss, man. Listen, I hope everybody, you know, I, 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 to me, um, I enjoy just having a conversation. Every time I get off the computer, I'm like, wow, that was super. I just, it was just like, I, I, I don't know. It's some type of adrenaline that comes in. And I'm like, wow, I just met somebody that was super dope. Um, you can and, tell. And, you know, you could just tell that everybody is, A, trying to figure it out. Two, we've all came through some type of struggle, some type of story. And then 
you know, then three is like, we're still persevering. We're still here. Um, and yes. I just love to see those stories. I love to hear people talk about it. Um, and it's just been amazing. But it wouldn't be Big Boss Talk if you didn't do two truths and a lie. And so, she, okay. you told me you didn't prepare. So, I'm hoping these three statements are A1. Because I'm going to get this lie. It is. It is. I'm also going to start off by saying that you didn't call me a top-tier guest. And I feel some type oh! of way about that. Hey, listen. So I'm gonna say, Stop. hey y'all, this is Shell. I'm a top tier <laughs> guest. She is a top. I'm, uh, I'm pretty positive. I'm pretty positive. The person who uh, gave my name is for sure top tier guest. If I'm thinking about it right. And so, <laughs> bro, you are a top tier guest. And you know what's crazy? I'm glad you said that because I'm like, that shows like you really watched and just really paid attention. And I was, I'm. Just, I, I mean, I'm I, I'm so disappointed myself, but I'm also happy. It's like, wow. It's okay. We here. You a top yeah, we're here, we're here. Um, So two truths and a lie. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to think of something, but I'm going to think of like, I don't know, places where I want to live. I feel like I'm a wanderlust. People talk about me like like living and doing all these things. So what I will say is I'm going to get started with two truths and a lie, and you got to figure it out. So um, I lived in India for a year. Mm. I'm born and raised in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And number three, uh, I want to move to London when I finally figure out what I want to do in life. Okay. I like that. That last one is definitely true. Um, I think that's, I mean, that's dope. Like, I mean, who wouldn't want to live in London? You know what I mean? Like, just when they figure it out, you know, the money's good. We ain't worrying about nothing. We just out here just doing our thing. Baby, free health insurance. I'm going to the doctor every day, every week, <laughs> every week. Moment, I'm doc. going to figure out something that's wrong. Doc, I got this bump right here. Look at it. <laughs> can, you, can you figure out what it is? I can get some medication. That medication is free. So I'm good. Can I get like a life supply of asthma medication? And like, I'm good. <laughs> okay. So that's, I think that's true. Uh, born and raised in Charleston, South Carolina. I mean, I don't know if I hear it in there like that. That real Geechee, you know that Geechee. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't, don't want to say. You could have. You might trick me up right there. And then the first one was, you lived in India for a year. Yeah. Mm. I'm gonna say India. I think you lived in India, maybe. But I don't just. I just don't think it was for a year. So I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna go with that. I think that's the lie. No, 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 no. I'm going to stick with that. I... Charleston is the lie. Charleston, South Carolina is the lie. Man, I thought I was going to get you. You No, I, I, you, I, I got it right. I was born and raised in Charleston. I did live in India, but not for a year. I lived there for three months. Dang, I was gonna go with that, and I was that was I was gonna go with that, but I was like, ah, I always need to just go with my first gut. Yeah, no, I am born and raised in Charleston. People always be like, you, you gonna hear? You, I, yeah, what? I, I still, I hear it a little bit, you know, because I played ball with a lot of guys from Charleston, so it was just like I hear. Okay. When, when they from Charleston, I can hear, like when you say okay, like that, right? Yeah, you can hear it. <laughs> Uh, and so, okay, cool. So India, talk to me about three months. How was it? What was it like? Three months. Uh, it was very eye-opening. I went for like, uh, my master's program. They had like, let's figure out public health in another country. And I mm -hmm. said, let's do it. I never got the chance to go in undergrad. So graduate school, I said, let's do it. 
Uh, I was with a family in New Delhi. I was in New Delhi, so it's like the capital. So it was very, very like pretty, pretty modern. Yeah. But they were still doing things very different. So like you take a shower with just like the water in the in the sink, and <laughs> you eat the food that you eat, which is pretty much rice. You pretty much eat rice. You eat lamb. You eat certain stuff like that. But yeah. my family, my host family, like made my experience the best. That's I did awesome. get deli belly. So they call it deli belly is where like you eat uh, food on the streets because yeah. I was hungry. You get sick. So I got sick for like three days. That's street food. That's street food. That's street food. Out that they said, be careful. And I was like, I'm yeah. hungry. I'm going to get it. But like I was well taken care of. I spent Christmas and New Year's there. And if anybody knows me, like those are probably my two favorite holidays. And so it was very I was very homesick, but it was mm-hmm. like a great experience. Um in India, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it tatted on me. Actually, it's okay. guest is God, and that's how they treat you in India. Wow. Um, you, if you are a guest, you are God to them. And my host family literally had breakfast, lunch, dinner made for me. Wow. They included me in family plans. I had to do like public health stuff, like go to different villages and see how they do cataracts and yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. But like legit, I felt like at home a little bit, like watching movies that I liked. Like they bought Love and Basketball. They found it <laughs> they, somewhere. They I don't know where they found it. They found, and I was watching Love and Basketball on Christmas. And I said, oh, you know what? Like this is amazing. And so India was a vibe. That's awesome. Sometimes. Sometimes. They, they do stare. They were staring at me. I was a black girl. I had long braids. Mm. Um, I remember going to Taj Mahal, and I felt like Beyonce. Like, I literally thought I was Beyonce. They were staring at me. People were asking to take pictures with me. They I was like, seen, no, 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 no. They haven't seen an American too often. And a black, black girl American. Black American, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, cool. That sounds like a dope experience now. Um, it was. You you talked about uh, you said love and basketball. Is love and basketball like a favorite movie? That's like. So I know a lot of people don't like it, which is fine. Yeah, but yeah. love and basketball is literally one of my top top three top three favorite movies of all time. I'm a rom com girl. I love love. I love romance. I love that. And so that story was very reminiscent of like what my high school little play play love was and like we were loving basketball in it and I was just like oh my gosh like is that's gonna be my life and so I don't know I it was like my first like black movie and I just fell for it right because yeah. it wasn't that it wasn't that many of them I mean like At I think it's that, that chart that of like all the black movies yeah but love and basketball was my favorite my mom like literally let me watch that all the time man I love love and basketball and I argue up and down with your girl Maya because she thinks it's not good. Like she thinks the hype is not real, and she was like, she always is like, uh, "That's so fake." Like he was uh, like, I forgot what she said, but I try to explain it in a deep manner. I'm like, "No, you gotta understand." Like it was just a little confusion. Like you know, he had, you know, he was a superstar. She was working on a talent. You know, he needed her. She was like, "I'm just getting to the point where you are. I can't really blow this opportunity away." Real as hell, especially in nineteen in the nineties. In the nineties, like you got think about high school. You don't have the capacity to even think about. Oh, let me be there for my spouse. Like I think you just imagine like being in a relationship when somebody you first meet and you got these big goals and dreams. Your whole family got these dreams, and you just—that's all you know. That's literally how she knew how to survive him. He was a star basketball player, right? Like oh my gosh, everybody loves Quincy. She was trying to trying to figure that shit out, right? So for her. I 
I don't know. I get it. I get it. I loved it. I also <laughs> love Sanaa Lathan. Like, I am a big fan of hers. Okay. Even all of her movies, even if they trash, I still watch them. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I love her. And so that's, like, my favorite movie. That was my first, like, introduction to, like, black rom-com. Mm. Like, that whole, like, romance and seeing people love each other on screen. And it not being so pretty. Yeah. But it, at the end, it being this, like, love story and... Yeah, yeah, I can talk about it all day long. You know, double or nothing. <laughs> hey, I, we can, yeah, it goes deep in the uh, group chats, and we I have to debate, and it goes down. But put me in the group chat. I, I got your back. Listen, I need you because I, I, they be like, man, it ain't even all that. Like, but I, 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 I mean, I just let them slide. I say, let them say what they want to say. But I had to hit on that because I heard you say that, and they bought it just for you. So I mean. They treated you with the yeah. Utmost. That shit literally made me almost cry. Like I was like a G. I had to like figure. I couldn't cry in front of them because I didn't know them like that. But like I was like, wow, they really really care about me. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, cool. So listen, we're gonna go into. I got a couple of questions, right? These are my yes, my I call them. They're not surprises, but they kind of surprise questions because it's gonna make you think a little bit. So, favorite city, ATL or HTX. <laughs> and you got to tell me why why one over the other so that's so crazy that you asked me that because people always ask me washington dc and houston texas because i lived in both okay i lived in dc for five years went to grad school in dc lived there after moved to houston moved back to dc and now i'm back in houston so i've been in houston for about two years but atlanta but I'm going to take your question because your question is valid. Atlanta or Houston, I'm, I'm in the place I want to be, right? Mm -hmm. I, and so I say Houston because, ooh, how do I say this and not be like, say it. <laughs> spice it up. <laughs> um, Houston isn't as, as, Houston is a little bit newer than Atlanta. Atlanta has been known as the black Mecca. And I think Houston is trying to get there. I think they miss some steps a lot of times uh, in terms of like, I don't know, food, black culture, restaurant, they missed that. And Atlanta got that a lot. Yeah. Like when I go to Atlanta, baby, I'm going to eat great. I'm going to have a good time. Houston's still trying to get there. But like the black people in Houston it's different. are like the black people I want to be around, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> Honestly, I don't want to be around the black people in Atlanta. I love the people in Atlanta. But the, the I think that when you're a transient and you don't actually live in these cities, it's a very different feel. So when you actually meet the people who are from like Houston and you meet them from and they from Atlanta, man, people in Houston love Houston. They ride, ride or die. Houston. They actually upset that we coming into Houston making it like this thing. They like hate that actually. Like, you know, I've had conversations with girls being like, oh, I I mean, y'all coming in here. I know it's a great city, but like y'all are infiltrating our place. God, so, you know, I have thoughts, but I'm going to say Houston. Houston, I love Houston. I feel like I could be myself here as a black woman, as a black entrepreneur, as a black woman trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I can be whatever I want to be here in Houston. But hands down. But I've never lived in Atlanta, but I will travel to Atlanta right. all day, every day. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. I mean, I asked ATL versus HTS because that's a huge thing when people try to compare the 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 nightlife and just like the lounge the, the the life that type of lifestyle right just going out so i always just ask like you know what's what, what's going to give you question. better vibes and i and i think you hit on a point where 
do you would you want to be around it every day and like you said i think houston is a place where i I like being around these people a little bit more than just being stuck in the atl scene i will say but atl has everything right as far as the the vibes concerned you know what i'm saying they don't miss so it's like it's what you miss like what you're looking for is it's kind of it kind of comes down to that you know what you're looking for and what's your long-term plans like if you're looking for a good time not a long time both as well but it's probably might be best in ATL if you're looking for a place to establish yourself as a black young, uh, you know, working person, longevity, just a lot of opportunity. I think Houston has the edge on it. I and mean, I'm not saying ATL is lacking that either, but it's just different, I guess. It's different. No, I completely feel you. I also feel like both are great places. Like if you want to like start a family, but you don't necessarily want to be in South Carolina. Yeah. You know, we all from South Carolina, but we don't necessarily feel like we want to start our home for ourselves in South Carolina. Yeah. So Atlanta and Houston both, I feel like provide you that opportunity to do it and it doesn't seem so overbearing. In DC, I couldn't even think about buying a house there. Like that, mm. it shit, that shit just didn't make sense to me to buy a house there. And if I bought a house there, I was living in Maryland or the outskirts of Virginia. Yeah. And that's not what I wanted to do. But like, you know, when you think about setting that foundation, you can do that in this in the city of Houston or like 20 minutes away or Atlanta, you know, 20, 45 minutes yep. away, depending on what you want as a young professional. So, you know, I think it got its perks. I'm I'm team Houston because I live in Houston, but like <laughs> team Atlanta, y'all wrap y'all stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, with, I don't... I'm with y'all, but I'm I'm, I'm a team Austin until um, the day I go. And and it's something about Austin. The weird city. Austin, Austin is, I'm not really, like, I'm not the person I like. I like to go and have a good time. But as far as just, I like to go out on a regular and not feel like I have to put that it on. You know what I mean? Like, I got to yep. feel like I'm dressed up. Like, Austin yep. gave me where I can go outside. I can go to a food truck. I can see. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. It was Austin just got my heart. And so, I, it don't matter about the debate between ATX and ATL because Austin is where I'm at. But I do love Houston over ATL. Um, I love ATL okay. in the same. But what is... Uh, uh, this is another question. What Renaissance song re- represents you and why? Wow. Okay. I love this. It seems very like you like did the research and I'm here for that. Um, oh, to be honest, that damn album literally has me in like a chokehold. Like, like Everybody a, says been in a fight before. I've been in fights before. I've got jumped before. And like it makes me feel like when like times I've been on the ground, I could not get up. Like I can see the people hitting me, I cannot get up. That's what the Beyonce Renaissance album has me in. But the album, right? I mean, the song right now that I listen to all the time is is Energy, okay, uh, which is like right after Cuff It, and I think because it goes in so smooth, but like. I don't know. I'm just, I feel like a lot of energy that comes towards me. Like if something is like deep on my heart, like I literally have to like let it out and release it. And that could be if I release it to like my mama, my my best friend, mm. you know, social media. I don't know, but I yeah. have to let it out because if I leave it inside, it literally makes me insane. So like when I hear energy, I'm like, yes, like, let's go. But literally the whole album from beginning to end, I'm playing, um, Honorable mention is definitely heated. Okay. Because um, it just, I don't know, it's like rich bitch feel. Yeah. I'm not quite, I'm not quite her yet, but I'm getting there. 
But like when I get there and I'm gonna have a Chanel on my like you know like on my my shoulder, I'm like, oof! I can't wait to walk into a spot and say like, had a little Chanel on me. <laughs> so I I just I can't wait to that. But that whole album, I just think it's like black women. You know, people who people who say they don't like the Renaissance album. Okay, but you know whatever, save me. But like in terms of like a black woman who like felt seen through the album, I felt like legit like. It was a different vibe. I got to dance. I got to feel good. I got to be empowered. I felt like I could do whatever I want to do in that album. It was sexy songs about love. Mm. It was about twerking. It's it was just a good vibe. So I'm team Beyonce. I'm team Renaissance. Yeah. I'm team whatever Beyonce on, I'm on. <laughs> whatever whatever Drake like, I like. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that DJ Khaled. Uh, he said, <laughs> Whatever Drake like, whatever be like, I like. <laughs> and that's me. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, um, obviously. What's your favorite song? I don't even. So I, I know Maya got you listening to it. Yeah, she got me listening to it. Crazy man. Anytime I'm in her car, you know that's all that's gonna be played. <laughs> Period. Um, and then, but I do feel these sentiments of how y- how everyone says like the the songs do give you provide you energy. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like you can dance yep. to it. You can, you can. It's a club. And like thick would be probably one of my favorite. You know, one of my top. Like I like thick. Um, that's that's one of them. I know Maya's. She likes cozy. Um, yeah. She likes that first. Yep. The first six like are, are hers heavy. Like she's gonna yep. rotate those in and out. Um, yep. I'm trying to think. What else? <laughs> What's another one? I forgot the other song that the first song the single that came out. That everybody was bumping. Um, Break my soul. Yeah, now that that song got crack in it, cause you could be in the gym and you could be like, you won't yeah. break my soul. I mean, I'm like the die, <laughs> or you know, in the weight room, I'm like, you ain't gonna break me today. So, you know, they play it over the intercom, so it's like that that song got crack in it. So, I mean, I will give it up. I was skeptical in the beginning because I'm not like the hugest Beyonce fan, and I was That's worried. Good. I was worried because. Drake's project, you know, even though everybody says like, if you're from like up north, that Jersey, like they like that house music, and so like that's they do. that's their thing. I, I'm not accustomed to that, and so I was just kind of thrown off a little. Um, but everybody has the same sentiments as you. Choco, Renaissance, shout out to Beyonce. Um, the tour is coming. Oh, I hope. my girl. I hope the tour is coming. And then the last question is, what is your best piece of advice? That was given to you. Ooh, best piece of advice given to me. Yep. Because I have learned a lot of things in my time, so I'm trying to think. Given to me. Um. Uh, man. This is, okay, so I am 34, going into 35. So I don't feel like I lived this crazy life, but I have lived some crazy things and I've been through some things and I have my own life experiences but what I will say is like the best advice I've gotten from anybody is like my bestie which is my mom and she said like always be Shelkasia like literally no one else can be Shelkasia and we did that for a purpose right like if you know somebody else with the name of Shelkasia like, you should probably be like, let's fight because the way it happened and, you know, like it, it, it's my mom and my dad's name put together. And wow. so it's Shelkasia put together and it's an accent mark over the E. So like it is very uniquely me. So my mom always would be as I got 
as I was younger, like hone into who you are, like figure it out, like wanted to do, I could do. Like I was a tomboy growing up now and I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Like I was a tomboy growing up. I wanted to do, I did not want to do ballet. I wanted to play like football growing up. My mom was like, well, no, we can't do that. Right? Like you gotta, you gotta do something in the middle. You gotta do at least like basketball, sis. You can't, you can't do football. So I would try everything I played. I mean, I, we tried clarinet. We tried to like be like on a dance team. And she just always put me into these things and say like, let's figure out what you wanted to do. So like, as I was growing up, I never had one set thing on what I wanted to do. So I always think it was like a gift and a curse. Cause like, I love people that I know that like said like, man, since like middle school, high school, I knew I wanted to be a doctor, a lawyer and this, and then they just charted their territory that way. Cause yeah. they kind of had the blueprint, right? Like, you know, if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be a doctor, you say, yeah. boom, 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 you do this. So for me, I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I want to do because I just don't know. So you got to figure it out. And I feel like after you graduate college, they kind of like throw you into the wolves. They tell you, they, they tell you, okay, graduate from, uh, you know, like elementary school, middle school, yeah. high school, do real good in high school, right? Like get, like be involved in some stuff so you can get into college. And then in college, get real, 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 real good grades. So you can get you a good job or you can go to grad school. And yeah. then after that, it's like, that's it. It's like, there's no more life instructions. Okay. It's like, you figure it out by yourself. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, OMG. I mean, I remember graduating from undergrad, like happy, but remember being like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Mm. <laughs> I don't have a grad school after. I don't have a secondary, you know, job that I have lined up. And so it was, it was scary. And you know, I also came from a, a household that my parents didn't go to college. My mom didn't know what it looked like to do That's after. Wild. And so she wasn't, she was a lot of help in terms of like grounding me to be like, Shell, be the best person you can be. But she didn't know how to give me those actual steps to do those things. And so, you know, I struggled. Like a lot of people after undergrad, a lot of not of people under undergrad, I always tell people like, I'm on social media now and I don't want to like, I feel like I'm not old, but I am. But like, I didn't have Instagram back then. We was on Facebook. So I never, I never really got to do the probate. I can't wait till I do a probate of like my, me and my guy. Like I cannot wait because mm. I never got to do that. But two, back then it was like real heavy 30 under 30. Like that was like heavy when I graduated. Okay. I graduated in 2010 from USC. And so everybody was doing 30 under 30. And I'm like, damn, I don't even know what I want to do. Like I don't, I'm not even in my career. I'm working this job. How am I supposed to figure this out? Yeah. So it was it was rough trying to navigate that and be like, well, what do you want to do? What are you good at? What do you like? You know, I want to be a princess all my life. Explain, you know, if I'm being if I'm being hella honest, explain I grew the 30, up being like I would be a princess. Explain that thirty under thirty for people that don't know. Explain that and then so thirty yeah. under thirty. So around that like 2010, 11, 12, uh, it was like the big recognition from companies from nonprofits to be like if you were under thirty and you were do excelling in your field then you would get an award you would get a special recognition okay some people applied for it some people were just honored with it from their organization from their company yeah. either way but you got this award and people were posting it all the time like 30 under 30 boom boom i think they i think they now got 40 under 40 i don't know yeah. I, I don't remember exactly but that was like a big thing then i'm you know i'm 20 three, 24, 25, even in my 25, because that was like a really pivotal 
point in my life because I yeah. actually had to move home to South Carolina when I was 25. Which okay. is like, you got to move back home to Charleston? Yes. Like, girl, what? Nobody was doing that back then. Yeah. Like, I think now, if I could do it all over again, I'm a big 34 years old, but like, if I wasn't living in Houston and I was living in South Carolina, I was moving back home to Charleston to save money. But like now, it's like a cool thing to kind of move home and save money. Back, back then, then? No. Hell no. You don't move back even, home. Even for, even for me. Like, even for us, like, when we left, like, just leaving Rock Hill, like, my, I, I think my yeah. mindset was like, I'm not trying to come back. Because I'm a, I'm a person where I, I I don't have to make a mistake to know that it's a mistake. I can watch everybody else make a mistake. Ooh, I like that. And then I'm going to be like, oh, I'm not going to do that. So I saw a lot of guys leave, come back, and was ended up doing the same thing. Like, had super so much potential. And I was just like, I just got to stay away. Like, if I can stay away... I think I'll be all right. And I think Maya had the same mindset. And so, but I yep. think when you talked about the way you're talking, as far as like it's popular now, I think that just came along maybe probably like five, you know, five years ago where people were like, all right, let's start to, it's, you, you know, you had people that had influence recognize that this is not right. You know what I mean? Like the process and what we're doing is not right. And it took people that had influence, like people that, you know, you would listen to like certain, maybe certain actors, maybe certain ball players, or certain influential yep. people that had status to say, you know, be smart. I would go back home, stack your money, and do it again. Yes. But people weren't saying that around your, like, around your time, my time. Like, I think it just started coming around, which is crazy. Yeah. It no, it just started, and I love that. I love that for the uh, the Gen Zs. I think, <laughs> or the younger millennials. I'm a little bit in the older millennials. I love that for them. But it was hard back then. It was very hard. Like, I remember people were getting like big awards. They were having big ceremonies. They were posting it, you know, and it was just like Instagram had just became this thing. So people were trying to figure out what Instagram, like you had people sometimes just posting sneakers. Then you had people posting like, I bought a house. And you like, damn, okay. And we're supposed to be at, right? Like, um, buy sneakers, so, man. And I remember my first Instagram post was my, my, I had red new balance. I cannot wait to get them damn shoes. I posted them with like some cute little socks. I'm like, girl, that was like 2012. If girl, if you don't get your ass off Instagram now, like that is not it right now. But that's what it was. And it was hard. But I say, I just say all of that to say that my best advice is like, just always be showcased. You're always be writing your story. Your story is going to be your story. Nobody can tell my story how I'm going to tell my story. Story. Nobody can tell Armand's story like how he's going to tell it. So I got to tell it the best way I know how. Right. I'm not about to let you tell my story. Right. Hell no. You know what I mean? Like, I have to tell it the way I want to tell it or even envision it. Um, and so that was the best advice is like just always be heard. Like, always be Shelkasia. And if you fall away from that, which there were times that I did just remember that like you were uniquely birthed and like made as this person who was supposed to have this unique gift, this unique, and you got to figure it out too, right? But right. like, this is who you are and you know, we love you. This is your support system. So that's like my best advice that somebody else gave me. Yeah. You I know, mean, I mean, I think that's the, the best advice you can get, you know, when everyone's out here trying to imitate you know, or copy somebody like it's it's okay to be an original, to be one of one, uh, to be unique, and I and I thank you. Okay, for, you okay, know, Renaissance. 
you know, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for, uh, yeah, you know, but going, no, seriously, no, for real, for real. Yeah, like, I think people need to hear that, you know, because it, because I'm pretty sure people look up to you the same way you might have been looking up to other people, and where you, you might have been was like, dang, I ain't got no house, so I'm not. 30 for 30, you know, 30 under 30, whatever the case may be. Like, you were probably looking up the people that were achieving that stuff and getting that done. But, yeah. you know, they were probably fighting battles that you would never know. But now, like, yeah. you're able to kind of express yourself in, in a more vulnerable state for people that's yeah. like, look, I, I was on this level. You know, I'm I'm here. Yeah. I, I'm still figuring out. I can't fake the funk with you and say I got everything figured out. But at the yep. end of the day, I wake up, I'm happy, I'm living my life, and I'm figuring out yep. one step at a time. And I understand, like, my journey is my journey. I, I can only run my race, you know what I mean? And so it's just like, yes, it takes people It takes people like you, you know, to say, like, you know, this is where I'm at. And, and I think you yep. set a lot of other people free from the restraints and, 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 you know, from the comparisons, like, you know, comparison kills joy. It's it's the killer of joy. So like, always, you gotta be careful with that. Um, but I appreciate that uh, piece of advice. No, my, yeah, mom and gave the best also, advice. Yeah, no. Also, don't put an age on stuff. I feel like I used to put an age on stuff, and not that those things didn't happen when it did, but like, that shit is a is not that's not real. Like the whole yeah. like you gotta do this when you gotta do this. And I know it sounds easier said than done. But like I really wish. Like, I always tell people, like, man, I wish I could go back to when I was, like, in middle school and high school and somebody could tell me, like, Shell, you don't have to do this thing. Like, you you can figure it out when you want to. You don't have to go to a four-year. You may can go to a two-year, yeah. stack money at home, figure it out, and then go to another school. Maybe take all your prereqs and maybe go into pharmacy school or medical school. Right. I wish I had somebody to do that, but that was not the thing back in 2008. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I mean, I, shoot, 2008. Five when I was in high school, 2004, yeah. that was just not the thing. Everybody was, you got to figure out, you. this is the path. But, like, chart your own path. Like, you can do that. Don't let nobody tell you you cannot do that because you can't. Whatever whatever comes to your mind, do it. Yeah, I, I just 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 do it. Just, just do <laughs> don't it. Don't let That's nobody it. tell you what you cannot do. Not your parents, not your mama, not your daddy, not your granny, not your friends on social media, not the people you don't know on social media. You know, I think a lot of sometimes I say that these influencers now, like transparency is oh, this yeah. big thing. And I'm, I'm not knocking that from them because I think it is. I love people who are transparent, but like it is a gift, yeah. you know? And I I don't sit here and say like, it's just been this thing that has been a part of me, but like I really think transparency is a part of my gift. And I know when to say it or how to say it and when it comes out to me and I feel like you can feel when it's real and when it's not. Yeah. And I just hate that now these new groups of like, I have like younger sisters who are gen, I don't know, gen X's or whatever you call them. Know. And they love these influencers. And I'm like, girl, they literally telling you what they're going to tell you. Like, let somebody tell you it because that's how you we learn. Right. I wish I had people who were really, really honest with me. I had my mom who had me when she was 17 and didn't go to college because she wanted to be fun and young. But, like, I didn't have, like, other people to tell me, like, show you don't have to do this. It was like, mm -hmm. you are a smart girl. You are a black girl. Don't be a statistic. You have to go to college. Right. You have to go to a four-year. No, you don't. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, I wish I had other people who went through some stuff to tell me, like, you don't got to do that, sis. Like, yeah. just don't. And I I think you are exactly right. Um, I think that the, the day and age that we're in now, 
like you can make so much possible without the the normal you know have to now i will say you know um you know I, i'll just say that i think when i look back i think a lot of chains have been broken mentally and so now yeah. we can teach kids to be in this space where you know you don't have to be bound by this system that we've all yeah. been in and said this is the way to go when there's so many other outliers it's breaking the system breaking the wheel and making yeah. it pop for them and so I think yep. now we see it so often, we see it so much now because it's so many more people doing it versus yep. like back then. But I do want to get into, I want I want to go back, right? I, I want to dial it back and go back to young, young shell, right? So we already, I don't know, I did a little bit of research. Um, so we know you went to Hampton, you know, you went yep. to Hampton, graduated, you was a VC uh, y'all, you y'all like the VC? I was a VC. I can't do it right because no more. But I was a VC cutie my freshman year. Yeah, see, VC cutie freshman year. Um, and then you transferred over to you know the USC. Um, tell me about the the decision to go to Hampton. Why did we leave Hampton? And then how did you get to USC? No, that's a that's a great great story that I don't necessarily talk about because people always are like, you went to Carolina. They have no idea I went to an HBCU, but. I went to uh, academic school. I went to academic magnet in Charleston. It was mm -hmm. very go to school, do the work. And it was a lot of white people, you yeah. know, I'm just being honest. And I was like, man, like in college, I got to be around black people. You know, <laughs> I just got to like, I, I, I to. this was fun. This was cool. I learned a lot. I feel <laughs> like college is going to propel me, but like, I got to be around black people. And so uh, my mom was Oh, my, I remember my mom and my, my stepdad was just like very good with me. Like they were, they took me to Spelman, they took me to Hampton, they took me to Howard. I'll never forget those trips. Like, Ooh. you know, like being in high school, having yeah. supporting you. But I picked Hampton because it was like home by the sea. It felt like it was a little far away, but not too far away. Um, and I wanted at the time, it's so crazy, I wanted to be an elementary ed teacher. Okay. Um, and so they had a really good education program. So I said, oh, I'm going to Hampton. Yep. Loved everything about Hampton. I loved the tradition of Hampton. I just loved being around the black people. I loved being like, like you know, you go to this event, you dress this type of way, you mm -hmm. dress business professional. Yeah. There's a difference between business professional, business casual. You don't go to, you know, you know. I think a lot of people talk about it now, but like, you don't go to class any type of way. You go to class a certain way. Certain way you you up. act very, you 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 know you. Not you perform and you act, but you are there to get an education and learn as much as you can. You had teachers who really, really cared about you. I remember having a teacher who really, biology used to kick my butt. That's why I had no idea why I ended up being biology at undergrad, <laughs> mean at USC, but I did. And she would help me. I would go to all of her office hours. Um, but really what happened, I really enjoyed Hampton. It was a great opportunity, great school. Uh, but I went home for Christmas and my stepdad was like, you know, we love that you, we, I was the first one to go to college between me and my three sisters. Yeah. And my dad was like, honest, like your mom loved that you're in Hampton and like, you know, she boasts about you, but like we are struggling financially. So a lot of these HBCUs, you know, we talk about like HBCU pride, they are expensive if you do not have the scholarships. Yeah. And so I was paying, my parents were paying, I think I got like, it was a, and Hampton was a private school at that. So it wasn't yeah. like in-state tuition or anything. And so my parents were paying $24,000 out of pocket. So each semester they were paying. Yeah, I think I got my Pell Grant was like a thousand. You know, yeah. I don't remember. It wasn't nothing crazy, right? Yeah. It wasn't putting no dent yeah, in it. Yeah. So my parents was paying that, and so I think I think my stepdad he's a real nigga. He was like, like, I mean, we love you. We love that you having this experience. 
but we are struggling. And so I was like, I don't have to do this to my parents. I got two younger sisters who yeah. I want to have a good education. I can move back to USC and move back to Columbia, not Charleston. I was not going to college of Charleston or CSU. <laughs> I could have done USC. So um, me and my stepdad, we figured out his plan. I didn't tell my mom. I uh, applied for a USC as a transfer student. Yeah. Uh, he gave me the money to, you know, apply. Didn't tell my mom. I remember going to I going remember going to USC homecoming that semester. Um, never forget. I thought I was that it girl. My mom had a, a X5 BMW. I'll never forget. And she was like, "You can drive it down." I said, "Bet, bet." Like, I'm about to be the new girl. The BMW X5. Like it's a wrap. Like, and I'm about to solidify that I'm coming to the school. I mean, I had a great time. Um, there's things I love about uh, the HBCU Hampton, but USC, but like the thing that I fell in love with was like, I went to a football game and I said, oh my gosh, like the they love football here. And I went to the stadium with the women's price and that was it. So I ended up just leaving. Um, I was really sad. I still sometimes get sad that when I see like the folks that I knew in Hampton and like the success they've had or the friendships they've had, because it was great times, but also like that was the story that it was. And I've made remarkable strides at USC and USC has literally, you know, made me the person I am. And Hampton had a little piece of that, yeah. uh, you know, my freshman year, but I learned a lot being at an HBCU. Um, and, you know, whenever I have kids or if I have kids, whatever they want to do, I'm trying to ride. We're going to try to make sure they get scholarships. Yeah, we need that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but I'm not pro HBCU, pro PWI. I'm like, whatever makes the most sense. But at that moment, being at a high school that was predominantly white, I had to be at a, I had to be at an HBCU. I was like, yeah. feeling like I was losing a little bit of myself there sometimes. Yeah. Like, I'm not like a hood nigga, but I'm like a little bit of hood. You find, you, you find yourself doing <laughs> some was, stuff like, man, what the, what am I doing? This is not, let me, I was doing like, shit like, <laughs> man. I love it. Go Raptors, go Raptors. But, <laughs> But I was, you know, I was born and raised around my mom and people that was like, you know, black and they loved being black. And that was just Charleston. That was the thing. I think that's the thing I love about being from Charleston. Yeah. People from Charleston love being from Charleston. And so I was losing that. So I was like, HBCU is the way to go. And so I did that. But man, I, I miss it. I, you know, I'm still I actually got connected to an old friend that we were. We both lived in uh, Virginia, Cleveland. And uh, we, she came to Houston, and we had a good time. We caught up, and it was great. It was like, oh, man, like, you know, you can keep your past a part of your past if you want it to be a part of your past. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like it. I mean, I visited uh, Hampton. I actually was, was there, uh, recruited by the football team. I thought I might have would have been taking that trip up there. To be a Ham yeah. to be a Hamptonian. I remember just going the into Hamptonian. The, I remember going into the uh cafeteria and you could see the glass and then they had the the I don't know the little pond or whatever outside there. I don't know what that is. The water. It was That was so it's like Virginia Cleveland was right here. The Moten Moten dorm was right there, and so you could see the sea. Yeah, and then the right sea. behind it was the calf. 
Yeah, and and out. And then like all the eight, and then all the Greek plots. Yep, I fell in love with that. Just walking in there like the captain. I was like, Same. man, I love like I love the area. You know, I love the school. You know, it was an HBCU. I was like, man, I mean, this could this could be it. Um, but it didn't work out that way. Um, and, and it's all yep. good. But I just I know Hampton and I visited, and um, it's an awesome school. I can see why you know the people that go there love it. Um, but, yeah, you know, just due to unfortunate circumstances, obviously you had to leave and go to USC. So. Yeah, that, that, that's real. That's something that kids have to deal with on a daily. Like, you know, we have these dreams and aspirations to go to HBCUs, but the HBCUs, you know, they it's so high, you know, and they don't always offer maybe the, some of the best scholarships and things of that nature. So it, it kind of refrains from bringing the people that they want to attract to, to actually yep. be able to go. And then there becomes yep. this the status of because I know Hampton like it's a very classiest it's a, yes place, and it, like, i think just not even like classy it's a private it's a yeah. private institution so we talk about these hbcus but not all of them are public they mm-hmm. are private institutions and private institutions do not give scholarships not to say they don't get they don't give any scholarship but there are some people who definitely went to school for free but there are not as many as a yes. public school versus if you know i would have went in state i might have been able to go to school for free I really think you got to figure it out. Like, if I wanted to stay in South Carolina, maybe I would have gone to an HBCU and went to school scot free, no, 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 you know, no, um, no, no loans. Yeah. But I wanted to go outside of South Carolina. I wanted to go to Virginia, and I picked a Hampton based on what I learned about it, the the rigor of the program, um, the just excellence that was there. But I was paying for it, right? And I didn't have yeah. I didn't have parents who could afford it just off the rip and so it was hard so yeah i just tell people to really just figure out what it is and you know i if i could go back i wish i would have like gone back to like freshman year and been like okay chill it hampton is a school you want to go to how do you really get those scholarships to get there like what do you need to get a full ride to hampton yeah. i wasn't thinking like that you know what i mean yeah. like i was like you know i was like everybody else take You're the like, sat hey, take the SAT. act junior year senior year you apply them schools and then whatever they the money they give you <laughs> the money they give you and you're gonna have to figure it out but like think about it we were freshmen and like they set us up for high school they set us up for college and said you got to get this 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 this, this to do this yeah. we would have been i think we all could have probably went to the school we wanted to go to. yeah the system the system you know you this the information is out there you have to be either know the right people that can give you that information or you got to hunt it down for yourself. And so um, that's what, obviously, that's what the podcast is about. Like, you know, if you hear this and you want to go somewhere like that, then you know what you got to do. Like, if you know financially it's not there, then we need to be looking now. How how can we help you get X, Y, and Z and get to where you need to be? Um, But, you know, you are a community engagement specialist at the Epilepsy uh, Foundation. So how did we get into this role what do you do on a day-to-day basis? You know, what do you love yeah. about it? You know, give us give us a little bit about that. Good question. So I always say, like, I'm a community engagement specialist at the Epilepsy Foundation, and that's who I am now. But I am a public health advocate. I believe that the community and the health, you always have to promote it. You have to protect it. Where we live, where we play where we work, those are all a part of our communities and it's public health. Yep. So I'm a public health advocate to the end. Um, in my eight years, you know, working in DC, I've got to work a lot of amazing organizations. I've got to work nonprofit, for profit. I even got to work for the government. I did a wow. fellowship with the you know, United States government. Um, I've done sales with public health. I've done it all, but in this role, 
it was very different for me because it's it's engagement. I think mm-hmm. it was the community. People always think they can come into these communities and make change. No, like you got to start where people are and you got to really understand them. So I'll never forget. I was working in Columbia, the Columbia Urban League. I was working with this program called I Am Woman. It was with Morehouse and Urban League. We went inside these communities in like, I can't remember what part of Columbia because I still don't know Columbia. <laughs> uh, but I had this one lady, I'll never forget her, Miss Cynthia. I hope she is like, just like being amazing in this life. But she, I was a 23 year old coming out of school, no degree. I mean, I had my biology degree, but I didn't have a public health background, no kids, never been on food assistance, have never been like in uh, section eight. And I was like trying to teach them how to eat right. You know, eat, let's eat right. <laughs> uh-uh. Let's not use salt. Uh-uh. Let's do this. And she tore me up. Mm-hmm. You hear me? She said, <laughs> girl, you in our community talking about this. You don't have no kids. You don't know what it looks like. So you, you got a car. You drove in here. You didn't, you didn't walk in here. I mean, she tore me up and it really made me realize like, Shell, the way that you connect to community is meeting people where they are and mm. like really like starting small. You can't make these big changes in public health or even in community when it comes to like changing these systematic things that yeah. we've all been accustomed to, right? We all have a grandma, we all have an auntie who told us to eat this thing because this is good for us. But really that shit is not good for us, no. right? But like that's what we were taught. And so it, we keep, we, that is in our in mind. And so I couldn't go into these communities. I still can't go into these communities and do anything and try to make them make these big changes. And yeah. so my role at the Epilepsy Foundation is really to think about how we connect with people who have epilepsy. And epilepsy is a very, very hard disease. People who have seizures, people don't know what to do when people have seizures, mm-hmm. you know? I think in the black community, we call them strokes. But there are some people yeah. who live with epilepsy and it, they have seizures every single day. Ooh. They have seizures that may not be as intensive as other ones. It may be just like an eye flicking and people don't know. And so how do we connect them with the resources that they need? And then how do we use the data? I think in the public health sense is like, Data, data tells a story other than anything. Like, you know, like, I don't know how you do your pod, but like, just think about like, if you took all the data from everything you, all the qualitative data you learned from your podcast and you put it in some type of format, you put it in a one pager and you disseminate it out to, you know, younger kids at uh, elementary school or middle school, that is the way you get the resources out. And that's how you show the data. But yeah. a lot of times we have all this data, we just don't know what to do with it. And so I am an advocate to say, hey, this is what we're learning about this community. We are learning that this doesn't work. This kind of works. This may work for a bigger organization. This may work for a group that only has like two staff uh, folks. And then how do we help them to scale it up? And so like, that's my work. My work in public health, uh, it is very dear to me. It took me a while to get to public health. You know, I've always been a person who loves to help people, but I just didn't know How? how to do that. And public health was the way I was able to do it and like really kind of like help everybody. Not, I, you know, I say not black people, but like help everybody figure out like your health. You have to be the best manager of your health. If you aren't, I can't make you or I can try. Mm-hmm. I can just tell you the things that I've learned or the things that have worked well and that haven't. Um, and, and we figure it out together. It's never a me versus you or a, Shout out to Moneybag, yo. But like, there's never a, like a, a, I'm trying to tell you what to do. It's like, we are trying to do this together because I'm also learning from you. And so public health is like, 
I don't know. It's, 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 it's a big part of me. I am like, you know, I'm in the stage now and I'm trying to think about what is next for public health because the beauty in public health is I can do whatever I want. I can work on maternal yeah. health. I can work in HIV. I can work in the community. I can work in a hospital if I want to. I can uh, start talking to people about diabetes. I can talk about epilepsy. You know, I, I can do so many stuff with it once you have those skills. And so now and I'm really trying to figure out what is next. Um, and I think tech I'm, I'm getting into like this tech work and like designing these tech apps because you know there's a lot of digital first initiatives but there's also a digital divide it sounds really easy to say yeah everybody who has cell phones call this number or text this number but like people in rural communities people who don't have they don't have an iphone they got just they little Android, they got their little phone at got minutes on it they can't call so like why can't they call that you know why can't they have that access and yeah. so it's all about access and equity and like that's like my ultimate goal in public health make sure everybody no matter who you are where you live you can if you want to take care of your health and you want to go to the hospital and you want to figure out you know if i'm not feeling good in the inside i know where to go to get some help or some support or find a therapist you have that access and that's yeah. what a lot of the public health is in people don't have the access so they can't so you hear about mental health now and you hear about people going to the emergency room a lot like i don't want that for my people i want them to be able to say hey I know this one girl or this organization that's like I know they're gonna help me figure it out some way. Yeah. And they gonna they gonna they gonna figure it out together. And so that's like my ultimate goal with public health. Man, I love it. Public health is is you fighting a good fight. And when you talked about food and just going in, it's like they always got this meme, it's like let this food be good for our nourishment and strength of our body, and then it's like Sweet potatoes, yeah. collard greens, all the the stuff yeah. that all the bad stuff that we really shouldn't be eating, and they're like, let it be strength and nourishment to our body. And so, public health is such a huge conglomerate; like it's a it's a beast in itself. And it, and I think when you told the first story about you met the, the you know that you met the lady that kind of like you don't know us, you don't know the people, like, and I think that's how people it, it, it from the outside you know looking in when you go into these section eights. Yeah. going to these lower income places or poverty driven places and you're not a part of that atmosphere every single day you don't know the the resources that they don't have that you have a blessing to have and you just go in because you're just naive you know you're just trying to do the best you can and you just like hey let's do this let's change this but it's like first of all we don't have the money to do this or that and sometimes that whatever you trying to get us to go away from, that's how all my kids got to eat. And that's how I can mix this up. So it's like, yep. it's a huge con problem, like conglomerate, like pro problem. It, it's just a big, it's just a big system that's all messed up. But it's people- It's, it's systematic. Yeah, and it's people like you though, that's trying to be like, okay, I gotta go beneath the surface with this and really get in the trenches with these people and say, how can I affect yeah. change? How can I do something different yeah. to where they can feel like, yeah. okay, they understand us and they understand where we're coming yep. from. Um, yep. I, I think I- No, that's yeah. that's literally what it is. I mean, I feel like my life is like my community. Like I tell people all the time, like y'all gotta really find y'all community and y'all people mm. and y'all tribe because like my community, whether it's public health, whether it's personal, like those are my people and I feel so good around those people. They tell me, you know, if I'm not doing so great, they tell me the things that I'm doing good. I, you know, and you have those honest conversations. And so I always tell people like, find that community and it's hard to define what that yeah. is. 
And like I, I've been doing like a lot of research, especially with like the True True Project and like what like Black women found community in. But they found community in like talking to each other, saying like, "Hey, this is what I'm going through. Can you tell me what you went through? Yeah. You just had a kid. I kind of want to have a kid. Like, can you tell me what I should be scared? Like, you know, like yeah. those things. Of that's how they they kept that community together. And so community is just huge. Public health community at all. I just tell people find your people. And like find people that that get you. So I always tie public health and like personal yeah. into like everything because really that's what it's all about. I love it. I appreciate that insight on public health and, and kind of just what you do uh, on a daily basis. Um, if believe it or not, we're, we're coming up on an hour um, that we've. Been oh on the no! Podcast. I would just get started. Listen, just... <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I could go. We could go on for you know thirty minutes to an hour. Like it doesn't you know continuously, but. I do want to end with this though, right? Um, I think, just like I said, the way you speak, you speak of a lot of pain, a lot of overcoming, a lot of, I'm still just trying to figure this out. It's almost like you fell into adulthood and realized it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I can, and, and I... <laughs> And I and, yeah. and I resonate with that because it's like you got you know they always tell you you know dream big and I want everybody you need to dream big, but I think you you just got it. They don't prepare us enough for the hits of the world, and especially when you're in a time like how we are, right? Especially uh, 2020, you know, a whole pandemic, you know, people being in the house, man. Like, you know what I mean? And then just also just you know you being the first of so much like. First one to go to college, yeah. you know, first one that, you know, you, you see what it's supposed to look start like. Start a business. Yeah, start, start a, a business. Non-profit. Yeah, you're like, you you know, that's the, you the first, you we wanted the first. And so you're walking in territory that nobody can take you through. And it gets lonely. It gets scary. You get, you know, you get weary. You know, you feel like, is God even with me at some point? Like, are you still walking by my side? <laughs> like you said you would. And it's just a... Is it? You said you was gonna be right here. <laughs> right here. Do you feel these punches? <laughs> like I feel it. I can't feel your shoulder. You know, like it's like <laughs> it's just like. But that's how you and that's. But you speak with a lot of joy as far as like I'm okay. Like it's it's something about like you you you've been kind of like set free almost in your mindset as far as like I'm gonna do yeah. me to the day I die and I'm gonna figure this yeah, out to the day I die. But you made up. You you did post something on Instagram. Um, where you had yeah. the you know goal in 2015. I'm not gonna read it all. This is the opportunity for you guys to follow yeah. Shell. She's great, um, great people to follow. Yeah. But what was that? What? How did you get over that that hump? Like what? Like Ooh. what? What was the daily regiment that got you out of your lowest and darkest moment? Because there's people that could be listening, watching. They, they're in that time now, and they're looking for a light at the end of the tunnel. What would be yeah. What's your advice on how you got out of Ooh. it? And we'll end it just like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to blame you because if I try to like go, like when I do podcasts, I really try to be intentional about it and like go back to my past. I'm a person who lives in the past and the present, not so much the future. I'm mm -hmm. like, a, like, what, what did I do? Like, how did that happen to me? Like, how am I better now? And so I was like going through some old stuff and I found that. And I broke down immediately because 2015 
was like a like a rebirth for me. I had, you know, after under, I graduated 2010, and mm-hmm. then it was like that after undergrad life. And it was just not the life that I expected, you know. I hope people go back to it. I mean, I, I definitely want to repost it when the store when this comes out, but um it was hard, you know. I um whew, I get a little bit emotional. I was I was I was low. I was very low. You know, I think it's suicide prevention month. It was never about suicide. I know people always like think like when something horrible goes happen, like you think about suicide. I was never suicidal. I was right. just depressed. Yeah. Right. I was just like really, really sad. And for a person who is an extrovert at their highest, when they feel really low, you are thinking like you are not living in your mind. And so that person who people met 2011, 2014, that is not the same shell. Like that girl, I have, I still, I don't recognize her, but how I got out of it is I think the blessing and the curse, I got to move home. So my parents got to put eyes on me, Ooh, right? And so like yeah. they could tell when I was sad. Like think about if I was living in Columbia, which I always, I wanted to stay in Columbia. I could, I was lying to people back then. Like, you know, people who were in Columbia and I was in Charleston, how are you, Shell? Oh, I'm good, girl. I'm just living life, you know, just doing yeah. my thing. Meanwhile, like I was depressed. I was mm. like, I am not excelling. I was living day to day. I was losing weight. I was like drinking really bad. I tell people all the time, like jeans are a thing. Like, you know, when you have those jeans with alcoholism, yeah. baby, you better fight. You better, you better fight. fight for that. Because it is, it, is, it is a hard thing to think. So I've had history in the past of alcoholism. And so I reverted to that. And so it was bad. It, mm. it was very, very dark for me. But my parents, again, got to put eyes on me. You know, I'll never forget. I can talk about this now. But after I, the night after I spent the night at jail, I remember coming back home and my mama being like, in my 46 years of life, I never went to jail. Like, I've never had to do that. And I'm sitting there like, oh, God. Like, you know, but like, yeah. that was, that that happened to me. And my mom, I, you know, I explained to them what happened and how it happened and being in Charleston during that time with mm-hmm. police. But either way, it was an experience. I don't wish that on like anybody because that was just hard for somebody. It was hard for me. But what got me through that is just like my parents. If I can be honest, my parents, my mm. family, I, I see this all the time. Like my mom and my stepdad, which is like my dad. I mean, that's my yeah. hen hen. Like I love him to death. He has been very instrumental to be like, you can make mistakes and it's okay. Like we are very, very upset. We are a little like hurt that you did this, yeah. but like we know it's gonna keep getting better, yeah. you know? And I, I that helped me. And literally, I looked, I was thinking to your question, I was looking, I was like, Dan, you posted this, but like, what is the back, like, how did you get out of this? And essentially, in March 2014, I got into George Washington University and G- at DC. Okay. And so I had imposter syndrome before imposter syndrome was a thing. Like, yeah. you know, people talk about it now. I had it in 2014, like, no way is this top 15 public health school telling me they want me to be in a school after I done been to jail, after I couldn't mm. pass no classes. My... My, uh, you know, my, uh, my GPA was trash. I, you know, didn't have no really great experience after undergrad. No way do they want me. And they said they wanted me. And so I still had a little bit of imposter in that 2014, but I got out of it because, you know, I don't want to get biblical, but it was God. I mean, I I feel like back then at 2011, I was very skeptical. You know, I think people don't talk about that enough, but I had given up. I had given up on God. I had given up on Bible, reading the Bible, you know, people talk about 
uh, affirmations, motivations, and scripture. <laughs> I was done with that shit in yeah. 2011. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, no, this is not what my, this is not how I saw my life to be. I was not supposed to be the girl in jail having to take out all my piercings and my ears and everywhere because I, I got to, like, I just never imagined that. Yeah. So I say, like, I got through it because. He had to have been looking over me, had even to. though I was very disobedient. I wasn't disciplined. I wasn't trying to be consistent with him. I wasn't talking to him. He had to have some type of thing to be like, girl, you've got a gift. Whatever this gift is, I'm going to try to hone it for you. You may not see it now, yeah, but like it's going to happen. So right now, as I live in my story, I'm like, you have to be, you you have to like live this life mm. and show like, huh, baby, this is my life. Yeah, and I'm going to go through deal. it. But back then, I see it then you know i you know i couldn't see it then but now it is me and i i, I can't let him down again i cannot let god down again i did back then because i was at my lowest i still get really low i think that's the thing too people think you're super successful and you don't get really really low or really really sad you yeah. still get really sad really yeah. low just in life you know yeah. i think life is always about learning and growing and doing and being and feeling and not feeling I tell people, shout out to the people who like don't have to go through shit. Like I love y'all. Like, I wish that was my story. But that's not my story. That's y'all story. But like my story, my story is like again, I say it's like my favorite story, and I have this renewed sense of like purpose and passion, and you know, being who I am, and you know, shell when it gets really, really tough and like you are scared to be vulnerable. That's just who you are, sis. And so yeah. when you are vulnerable and it doesn't seem so good to you, because sometimes being vulnerable isn't it's isn't that fun. cool to me. Yeah. You know, I, I'd be like, girls, should you be telling people this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what? <laughs> like, are you really telling people you feel? I, I was I was low key in my mind about that all day. I hit up my I hit up my best friend with like, girl, should I post this? She's like, Shell, it's your story. Yeah. You know, like that's the thing about having people in your life who reaffirmed and know who you yeah. are. So yeah, man, big G.O.D. got me through that. Through that. And it still gets me through, you know, the pandemic, the pandemic was hard for me. I'm, I am a girl who likes to be around people, do this, yep. do that. I lost jobs. I moved. I, uh, you know, had to find new friend circles. That was hard. That was oh. hard as hell. But like now here I am, I'm on the other side of it. Yep. And if some other shit come, Ooh, I think I'm gonna be ready for it. You know, like yeah. I, I think we, I'm good. I, we built I, for I, it. I'm trying to so, yeah, it's it's always a learning process. I tell people, life will never not throw anything at you, but you just gotta be ready. I, you know, I say my my how I live my life and like live it the best way is like you gotta have like the knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. Like you gotta just like learn, and that's however you do it. So if I if I'm learning through you now, and I'm talking to you. This is knowledge, yeah. or I read a book. Or I watch a podcast, or I go to a conference, whatever that is, you got to get the knowledge. And two, you got to figure out the strategy, right? Like, what is the strategy? You know, are you going to bring people onto this vision? Are you going to say, hey, uh, I, 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 I'm going to do this by myself, or this is point one, two, three, four. These are the goals I want to set. Yeah. I want to do this by this time. You got to figure it out. And then the last thing is like the execution, which is like getting over the fear and just doing it because you never know what it's gonna take until you do it. Yeah. Like I can't, I couldn't, I can never talk to you about 2014 and 2011, 2014 if I didn't get through it and I didn't have this story. I would have never been able to talk to you about that. And so I think that's the beauty of it, right? Like I cannot yeah. talk to you freely about that time in my life. I couldn't, 
That's why it's 2015. I low-key was like, girl, bye. Aren't you posting something in 2015? Since it is 2022, and you talking about something. But, like, I can now talk about it and freely say, like, I am out those handcuffs. I am out of the handcuffs of whatever that was that got me, and I'm here. But I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't go through it. So, like... I just tell, I tell kid, I tell people, everybody, just own your story, man. Like it is vulnerability yeah. doesn't mean accessibility. That doesn't mean yeah. that you have access to anything in my life because I tell you whatever I want to tell you. I can post whatever I want, but that don't mean you have access to me because there's still so many personal things in my life that people don't know. But like I feel like if it's, it tells a story, mm-hmm. oh baby, I'm a roll with it. I'm yeah. figure it out. So I love it. I mean, that's it's no better way to end the podcast than with that. Um, I think Uh-oh. I do want to let you know, like, I think your story is very much powerful um, in, 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 yeah. in, in the way you tell it. You know, obviously, it's your story. So only you can only tell it how you can tell it. Um, my whole goal Here sometimes, <laughs> even when, like when I sit down with every guest, like I try to get people to explain their story. So at the end of this conversation, yeah. they realize, like, man, I really did some stuff. You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. I think people lose the yeah. sight that. If you look at your steps and how you the calculated they are and all the things you've been through, like it led you up to this moment right now. And when I hear when people talk about yeah. it and they and uh, I bring it yeah. up, I'm like, look, look, listen to what you said and look at the things that happened to you and look at your story. That's what I be trying to do for people. But I think what yeah. you, what you've done for me is more or less like, wow, like you know I'm motivated. You know I'm motivated to kind of share. You know to continue to walk in my truth, to continue to share my story, and yes. continue to impact the people that I can along the way because it's all about your web of people around you that you can affect and you know change um and I think that's what you're doing and so I, I mean shout out to, I mean I know you're doing public health but you're doing a lot more than just public health you know when you speak your story and I know we didn't get to the baby projects yeah. um I know that that we can bring that up another time but I think this is how we're going to end it. Let's do it again. I'm we gotta always do it down. Again. Listen, Shell, I appreciate you. Um, the only thing I need from you is two recommendations. Who should I get next? I'll reach out to them. Um, you just got to send me their Instagram or cell phone, however they like to be contacted, email. Ooh. I just need two. If you don't okay. have, if you don't have it right now, that's fine. We can You can hit me back. But if you got it, I want everybody to hear it. I mean, if we're being honest, all the people in my life are big bosses, right? Like, I, yeah. I am around people. I'm at an age where I want to surround myself with people who are, like, doing great things. They inspire me. Like, if you don't inspire me, more than likely you're not in my life. And I don't say that to say about anybody who's in my life who are not in my life now. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. Y'all live your best life. But, like, now the people who are in my life. So if I had to recommend, it would be uh, Shaquasia Pauline. That is, like, one of my besties. And okay. her sister, Labria Strong. They started a, a juice company or a juice bar in uh, Conway, South Carolina after they lose their mom and their grandma less than six months apart. Mm. Um, their mom from cancer. So they wanted people to like really figure out how to like live lives and like drink juices, right? Like yeah. eat healthier. And so I will give you both of their uh, Instagrams. Um, and then I'm going to recommend my, my dear friend, uh, Shannon, Shannon Schultz. Uh, she is, I just moved to Atlanta, lived in D.C. with me, um, is this, like, powerful lawyer, started her own business. Um, I think she has a story to tell. Like, I think her her story is one that I love. I, I know it, but, like, I would love if she 
tells the whole world about it. But I don't know if you know. I don't. I don't know if she's ready for that. And I also tell people, you don't got to be ready to be as transparent as me. Like that ain't what I'm trying to do for you. Yeah. You know. But I her story is really one of my favorites because I think to move from South Carolina to DC at a young age and chart this whole life for yourself and it be have this ups and downs and then you finally get to the space where you're like I'm ready to buy a house in Atlanta and move closer to my family because I'm here mm. it is such a success story so yeah. I think she would be some she's really funny uh she is my board chair for the choose true project and she um is just like a ball of energy she is very empowering and I think she'd just be good she'd be funny she she does uh you know how you did two shoes live she does shenanigans okay and so she will ask you hypothetical so she'll randomly text us random shit about like hypos like would you want like it's like crazy <laughs> shit armand it's like want a nipple as a toe or would you want your finger to be an ear like she'll do shit like that <laughs> like you like girl what i'm at, what? I'm at work what are you talking about but she will think of these things and she does shenanigans and yeah. it's like the best thing in the world she is a ball of fun. I think she would be good. Okay, dope. I appreciate it. Well, we all you gotta do is send me the information. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you all their stuff though. So you can have yeah, it. Yeah, send it. Send it to me, and then I'm gonna reach out to them, and then we'll get it locked in. If they say no, that's totally yeah. fine. I want people to know that there's no pressure. Yeah, there's no pressure. But um, I'm definitely gonna reach out to them and just say, hey, Shell recommended you. She's a top tier guest. Yeah, I need, I need another top tier guest. Um, but uh, Shell, you have a good night. Um. Please. No, you too. Yeah, if you need anything, um, I, I would love to, you know, if there's any way we can work with the, you know, Choose True Project or yeah, anything yes. anything that you need. I was need, just thinking about that. You know, anything you need, yes. I, I want to do more um, for the community, more for the people. And so, Big Boss Talk, we, we're ready um, if you're willing to have us. So, we'll talk offline, you know, just yes. send us some ideas and we're, yep. we're ready, okay? Yes. Awesome. I will. I've already been trying to think of it. I've already been trying to think of it. We are like going into year three of, and we're like losing some board members, trying to get some new board members. But like, I think I have an idea that could be great for me and you and Choose True and Big Boss, like as yeah. as the company. So I'll send you some ideas. Okay. I'll email you. Yeah, that'll be perfect. Well, All right. I'm going to let you go, okay? All right. And please tell Maya, I say, hey, girl, hey. I will. She'd be like, tell my twin. I say, hey. I'm like, okay, I got you. I got <laughs> Okay. Well, no, Amar, Amar, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. This was fun. Like, you know how you say you were trying to pour into people and make them believe their story? Like, again, it's a reaffirmation that, like, again, my story is, like, yep. the best story in the world. Nobody can tell my story how I can tell it. So I appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. See ya. All right, bye. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. 
Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 